The views and opinions expressed on Beautiful Disasters are those of the panelists and not those of the Geeks Under the Influence Network, their sponsors, or anyone else involved. Also, there is going to be a lot of adult language used on this podcast, so please keep your little kitties away. Welcome back to uh, Beautiful Disasters. This is our eighth episode. We have a doozy for you. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm the Groots. F.U. Hunter. Jesse Jones. And Jesse Jones is our guest today. I'd say victim, except I think he's actually seen this before. Right. Many times. Okay. Many times. Groots and I both have viewed this movie multiple so, times. Again, I feel like this started to get to be a habit. I'm the accidental victim in this. Where <laughs> yeah. This happened last time with Cyborg, and now it's happening with this. You Wait, what? You never saw Cyborg before? No. Jesus no, I Christ, have to. That was a formative experience for me. Yeah. Right. It, exactly. It yeah. should be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Jesse and I watched this most likely on VHS a long time ago. And about it. really didn't remember much about it. But we watched Slipstream, which was made in 1989, and uh, stars Mark Hamill, Bill Paxton, and... Some Academy Award-winning actors of yeah, that 80s. Yeah, yeah, there's some cameos, and it's got the dude from uh, Jurassic Park, who who was like, clever girl, like the security guy. Bob Peck, that's his name. That's right. Anyway, uh, just to, before we get started, uh, if you're just joining the podcast, Beautiful Disasters is a podcast where we uh, check out cheesy flicks, old movies, etc. Maybe things you haven't seen before, <clears throat> and we uh, we watch them, we talk about them, and we shoot the shit. And that's it. So this one was definitely uh, I don't know what category to put this one in. <laughs> I don't either because this holy the, shit. This might be the first time that I've. Post-apocalypse adventure film. I really don't remember this much at all. I, I have vague, vague memories of it from way back. Yeah, Slipstream is a uh, yeah, post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie. Kind of a buddy cop or a zany uh, buddy movie near the end. Too. It's a lot of things. Yeah, it's like it's like a Mad Max esque you know thing going on at one point. Then it's a you know, it almost seemed like there was different directors, like one director, and then he just left, and they brought in a sitcom TV director to take <laughs> over the last, I don't know, forty minutes of the movie. I don't know what the fuck that was. Yeah, it really almost could have been like a like a freaking anthology movie, just with the different like themes. Going. Uh, for me, or the scores. For me, it was like they. I don't know if they didn't have enough time or, you know, production yeah. money, but it was like they won, they were split between world building and then the skeleton plot that they created. Right. Um, I think the blue... it was, it, it, well, it was a split between world building and, and, uh, character development. I think they blew the budget on just fucking all the shots of the gliders. <laughs> I think that, that pretty much already got at least 50 shots of the gliders flying around. And then whatever's left, and they realize, oh fuck, we don't have any more of a budget, so um, they it's must all have spent a great penny on like Ephraim Abram and Ben Yes, so yeah. I mean, they were cameos. They were only in the movie for like a couple minutes apiece, but that's fifty million right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, you know, in nineteen eighty nine, and the budget was fifty one. So. <laughs> 
So, yeah, uh, in just a second, I guess we're going to get into the actual plot. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> as I usually do, I'll let you explain the plot as much as you can. Yeah, I'm going to do that in a second. I'm, I got to go grab my notes, actually, which I left. Um, I, will say, I will say that uh, I'm a huge, huge Bill Paxton fan, and this movie um, was kind of upsetting because this is probably the most screen time I've seen him in a movie and I really wish it wasn't this movie. Like, this is more screen time, I think, than Twister, honestly. So like, it might be. I yeah, mean, I even though he's the main character in Twister, he had he had the. There most... was still, I think, the tornado still got more screen time than than he did. <laughs> That's probably um, I he, just, it's sad. It's sad. He had the most lines in the movie, and yet he said the least. That's yeah. true. Yeah, he, yeah, he really didn't have much going on. Um, all right, so uh, let's preface this with um, uh, a little tiny backstory on, on my obsession with movies. Um, so this movie has been has never been properly released on DVD or Blu-ray. Um, it's kind of lost to time for a multitude of issues, licensing, etc. It it wasn't very successful when it came out. You still think, though, that just they would you know, try to hit people up with Mark Hamill being in it. Like You would think. You would yeah. think somebody like Shout Factory somebody. or somebody would, 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 would go for this. But I, I, think, it's, I think it's a licensing issue. Um, so I actually procured some, you know, some time ago the only actual widescreen release of this which was a japanese laser disc <laughs> which has burned in japanese uh, <laughs> subtitles through the movie doesn't affect the movie at all no, no. yeah i mean you know not really no and at the time that i purchased it i didn't actually have a uh, laser disc player so i have my wife to thank who actually bought me a laser disc player which was a very slippery slope because then suddenly i have now a bunch of laser discs <laughs> Like on top I, of your other stuff. Yeah, on top of a room of DVDs. So anyway, <clears throat> so we actually got to see Slipstream in a pretty decent format because, um, you know, it does exist on DVD, but it's a shitty VHS rip that's really, really low quality. And this is probably not much better, but at least you're seeing the whole movie. So it goes. Anyway, uh, I've been kind of obsessed with this movie a little bit just because it's so rare and you know i was having a hard time like finding it i had never heard of it till you literally told me that's what we're watching or, yeah. i mean our history with it like you know i saw it in, <clears throat> uh, back in the day when i was little and then we saw it again i think i don't know if it was in, in india or after i think it was after back. i think it was back at your parents place in in uh, sterling virginia yeah. in any case uh so we'll get into the plot real real quick and Try to make sense of it a little bit. So the basic gist is that this is a post-apocalyptic future where the environment has been fucked to the point where, uh, I guess the con they just said that in, in the tectonic plates like split apart. Yeah, like the continents shifted and everything, and every everything got fucked up. I don't even remember that. I'm glad you're paying attention. <laughs> All right, good. That that was literally like the like the voiceover in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and the Earth was bathed with the slipstream, the title right. of the film, which is just a you know wind current that apparently uh, wiped everything clean. Yeah. So like these giant wind currents like cover the planet that that are, that are super extreme and 
you know, so people are living like Mad Max lives where they're just trying to survive, you know, however they can. And apparently the only mode of transport. <laughs> well, there's a couple modes of transport. I mean, but I mean, the main one is. You can walk, I guess, but. There's some balloons. Have some horses. I, I know you're going to say. There's also <laughs> balloons. Well, I guess, you know. That's going to take you somewhere, all right? Yeah, probably. But for the most part, the but main. for the most part, it's glider. It's like it's like uh, these tiny little like two two person two person yeah. glider with a little solar, propeller, yeah, sort of solar thing, panel, solar or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, so this this is the world that they live in. I mean, these are like heavy, heavy winds and these little flimsy gliders. That's the only solution to travel around. Is <laughs> these things that. I'll be honest, should probably be torn apart the minute they hit the slipstream. So Yeah, you know, I, I don't think the science no, really well. They just thought, a lot of wind, gliders, slipstreams, name of the movie, fuck it. It was the 80s, who cared? Oh, and if there was any question, by the way, that's the 80s, um, the soundtrack and the styles, they it's, it's in the future... But in route to '80s music and '80s clothing, still going on. So absolutely. yeah, yeah, straight up, absolutely. Yeah, and we will here. definitely get into the uh, soundtrack and the score later <laughs> because that shit is amazing. So the movie basically opens with Mark Hamill playing Will Tasker, who's like a lawman, sort of like hunter guy, and he's, <laughs> and he's got his uh, his female compatriot sidekick sidekick partner cop type thing and they have apprehended this this dude named byron who is kind of weird and british and <laughs> only do wearing a suit in this post speaks in you know in like meta you know sort of like philosophical like little tidbits you know and, and shit like that you're like what the fuck is with this guy seems pretty snotty yeah exactly and they end up in this like sort of little settlement somewhere it's like a diner type thing yeah it's, yeah it's kind of it's just a like, hive of scum and villainy yeah basically they're serving what was it again uh their choice was was it squirrel or, or oh, rabbit? oh they rabbit. said oh they know this is squirrel and the chef cuts something off and it's like now it's a rabbit <laughs> it's like all right so classy joint so. there you go yeah definitely and then we are introduced to pro the protagonist i guess really of the movie who is uh, Bill Paxton's character, who's kind of like a scavenger sort of, you know, he's dude. A, he he kind of flies, flies and sells things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's trying to make his way in this world, right? He's trying to work towards his dream, which we'll talk about later. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and he kind of, well, first he meets the girl from, you know, the Mark Hamill duo, and he said some raunchy shit, and she immediately kicks him in the balls. Yeah. And that's basically the introduction to his character. It's 89. Ball kicking's happening, all right? Like, yep, yep, yep. And he meets up with uh, with Tasker, Mark Hamill's character. And they exchange a few words. And he gets... He comes to understand that this guy, Byron, who is handcuffed, is a bounty worth a good bit of money. Yeah, start a business. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. So he basically takes upon himself to hijack the bounty. And he, you know, holds a gun up to a tasker out outside of the uh, the the bar diner place, and makes off of them. Now, real quick, um, so Blondie, Tasker, Mark Hamill, yeah, pretty much 
Bill Paxton gets him to put the guns down. Then his partner comes up, has Bill Paxton has no idea she's behind him. Instead of going up there and grabbing him, she announces her presence mm-hmm. that does nothing. Like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, you could have literally snuck behind him and finished it, but I guess we wouldn't have a movie then. Well, she was trying the seductive approach. Yeah, so instead of just literally sneaking up and karate chopping him in the back of the head, and there you go, it's done. Yeah. She makes sure to let him know, I'm right behind you now, and... That doesn't help at all. I guess she thought his butt was cute. Be you know, maybe that's a spoiler alert for Oh, later. spoiler alert. I don't know, you know. But uh, wedding bells. She liked the incredibly offensive comments that he made in the beginning of the movie. There you go. Towards her. Chicks always like this. Because it's the eighties, they like that kind of thing. Yeah. Back then. So yeah, he basically is able to make off with this prisoner, Byron, who's a weird dude. He he gets away. He flies off in his little uh, glider deal. Well, he gets before that. He gets shot. Oh right. Yeah. Indeed, he gets shot with a poison dart. Apparently. And in the exchange, he's like, "Well, if you give up, if you let Byron go, our prisoner go, I'll give you the antidote." And he's like, "Fuck that shit. He's worth <laughs> money. You might be bluffing. I don't even know." And uh, so he gets away. And he's poisoned, so he has to get the antidote. Now, was there a tracker on there, or is isn't that the other thing, or a tracker? Yeah, like something to track people. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay, I couldn't remember if that, that was kind of thing. tech doesn't exist. Okay. Oh, sorry. Apparently. This shit is like, <laughs> and apparently, a lawman, a trained killer, is, isn't able to one up the dude who's never fired a person in his life, and yeah. you know. <laughs> is holding a rickety looking little like revolver. Yeah. Like a little Luger thing. I yeah. Don't know what it was. So anyway, uh Bill Paxson's character takes off with Byron and uh he makes his way. They end up landing somewhere in Turkey, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, do we ever actually establish where they're landing? Just Somewhere. No, that's... because remember they said the with the tectonic shift and all that, like cultures got mashed together. Oh so yeah, that's right. Who right. Who knows and who cares? Yes. Again, y'all, I'm glad y'all were paying attention. I I watched it and still did not retain some of this information. We looked at the details, and this movie was shot uh, around England, also at Pinewood Studios, and then also in Cappadocia, Turkey, which is like, well, all right, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and I will say this about the movie. Some of the cinematography, the big landscape shots, they're they're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, like, they found gorgeous places to shoot that really puts you... Most of the budget went into that. It really puts you in the movie. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, Road Warrior did. Yeah. You know, where, you know, Mad Max, the first Mad Max was not so much, you know, is kind of contained in its own way. But, like, Road <laughs> Warrior, like, and Thunderdome, like, really kind of, like... Scene, you know, but yeah, they found some good places that really felt like, yeah, this is the fringe of what's left of humanity, and they're trying to exist in pueblos or whatever the fuck, you know, little like, you know, clay houses and shit and caves and whatever. <laughs> so anyway, <clears throat> Bill Paxton's character, Matt, we'll just call him Matt. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's his character's name. All right. right. But yeah, Matt. Who, once he lands, has the cartoonish and uh, is unable to keep track of the guy that's supposed to 
be worth all the money. Like, right, yeah. Like, literally, he keeps turning around and losing him over and over again. Like, almost like a zany sitcom cartoon type right. scenario. And again, this, the guy he's holding hostage or kidnapped is, is worth a shitload of money. He's probably not get so easily distracted. So. Right, yeah. But dude never goes far. No, no. No, he's just, like, walking around. Well, like, that's the only reason he didn't get away is because he wasn't trying to get away. Exactly. Yeah, he was just, like, checking shit out. And uh, they land in this place where he knows a bunch of people. And Robbie Coltrane's one of them. In all a, in a hot tub? In a big hot tub. Yeah. yeah. With a bunch of folks. You know, and he's like, hey, yeah, yeah, this is my hometown. Whatever. Yeah. That's where we learn a key thing. It starts talking about balloons. That's right. Yeah. That's his he, first little, our little introduction to, he's got a thing for balloons. He does love balloons. Yeah, he loves And them. Bill Paxton <laughs> would like balloons. You know, I, I believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case like uh you know he's so he's getting his shit together it's like yeah i'm gonna go, go turn this guy in this is my big meal ticket you know this is this guy's worth a bunch of money and uh you know he loses him again and <laughs> come to find out that uh he finds him in the town square and byron has cured a kid of his like blindness from cataracts <laughs> Without any surgical tools I'm still or, not really sure or how anything. he did that, but yeah. I don't yeah. know either. <laughs> I, I, who knows? For a minute there, I thought he was just the post-apocalyptic Jesus in a fancy suit. Like, it, you know, yeah. he, he could have been, you yeah. know, with a British accent. You know, British Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and they embark from there, and I think their next destination, with a very short... There's like a battle, like they noticed there's a bunch of people that are all fucked up, right? Well, there was a brief point where they flew by like a girl that was naked and dancing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Bill yeah. Paxton was like, yeah. Time to be a sleazebag in a while. Yeah. While Cock Rock is playing. And oh, then, yeah. she, then she pulled down her shade and they were like, oh, I guess we gotta go on. <laughs> and, <laughs> like she wasn't doing that for an audience. And then, yeah, they... they follow the slipstream down to a place where there has been some kind of a battle and it ends up that they are they land in the some kind of a cult yeah the wind wind worshiping a wind worshiping cult that doesn't really accept them but we do get to meet Ben Pink, Ben Kingsley, and that's you know, and that was the point of the movie. Where I was like, you know, He's extremely sanctimonious. We haven't had, had, we've had zero Academy Award winning actors show up in this movie yet, and like I was starting to get impatient, and then just like that, <laughs> Ben Kingsley shows up, and I, I just felt relieved because like this movie, that's what was missing. And I was like, right, all right, you know, you got some random glider scenes, you got a few action scenes, but I need a cameo. By somebody that has won a Best Actor award, <laughs> and you got him. There's Ben Kingsley for was it a minute, two minutes, something like that. Yeah, in yeah. heavy makeup and and whatnot. <laughs> I remember commenting, "Is that fucking Ben Kingsley?" And, and I was like, "What? Oh, oh, shit!" Yeah, yeah. yeah it it must have been. He must have been. The director must have been friends with his sister or some weird connection can you Something. get ben to come down and put some makeup on and just do there were definitely a lot of blowjobs that happened <laughs> yeah. to make this movie happen <laughs> like to get all the favors and the, and the people uh yeah so yeah byron you know his prisoner 
ends up lifting a gigantic like stone wheel yeah yeah off of him which is like nobody seemed to have a problem with either it's like yeah because he's strong no, yeah suit. even the girl the suit must cover up all of his muscles yeah that's the girl right there was just like oh yeah you just did that that's cool and what ends up happening is they uh they take them hostage and they strap Byron to a fucking giant kite. Huge kite. And and like he's way up in the sky. Was he like a sacrifice to well, the, the important plot point is that because they know that this guy's not a person. Like, you know, they believe that he's not they what do they call him? He's not a child of man. Yeah, they're basically so, could have been that he lifted the giant cement thing <laughs> off there, like that nobody else knows, but the wind freaks are like, No, that's just not normal. Fuck it, put him on the giant kite, goddammit. And <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Yeah, he's strong. And they're like, No, fuck that. He's one of the kite. <laughs> so in the meantime, Tasker, Mark Hamill's character, and his and his uh badass bitch. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they in the meantime they're tracking they're trying to track them. You know, they, you know, they're trying to get their bounty, you know, and uh, they come across in the woods all of the friends of Bill Paxton. Almost like his family. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's his hometown. Yeah, his it's entire like his home, village. It's like his hometown family <laughs> and friends, and they murder all of them. Every one of them. <laughs> in the forest. You know, and here's the thing. We don't actually – we see we see shots getting fired, like – Mark Hamill rolls over, the chick rolls over, there's gunfire, and we don't actually see anybody get killed. Yeah. And then the next scene is rocks being dead. put on people's faces, <laughs> and we realize, oh, they murdered everyone, including what I thought was a teenager that was... Um, oh, yeah. 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 Maybe maybe a little bit slow. Everyone. Yeah. 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 I, I think that, you know, one of them was a little slow. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, like, and that girl, the girl was, like, slinging her giant shotgun with, like, one hand. Yeah. And wasn't really aiming at anything. But they thinkless murder everybody. It was a terrible action sequence. Yeah. Like there was <laughs> I literally, don't think there was any. It was completely just, gratuitous. It was, it was a bunch of people scrambling and then, like, shots of them firing guns and then, and then everyone's dead and they're rock putting, on the face. They're yeah. putting rocks on their faces. <laughs> yeah. So, over yeah. Over contraband, which is apparently... Most, yeah, what's the yeah, poppy, poppy, poppy seeds? seeds? Yeah. Oh, this, this bag of poppy seeds is worth a fortune. Burn it. We murdered every single person. We're Burn talking about it. Seven or eight. How many was it? Seven or eight people? Yeah, that, at least. Yeah. yeah. At least. No witnesses. But oh, yeah. there's a ref, there's there's a line <laughs> that Mark Hamill says, you know, his character, Will Tasker, says after this whole thing. And it goes like this. And it's probably my favorite line from the <laughs> Every time a piece of human trash gets put under a rock, it makes the world a better place. Like, <laughs> he's such a good like fucking villain. He, he has no remorse that he fucking killed all these people because they had a bag of fucking poppy seeds and he had to burn it. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude. That's hardcore handle there. That, right? That's uh, hardcore. You don't see him as a villain too often. You know, it's because of that blonde hair. I mean, yeah, that's he's a yeah. standing character. Bleach blonde hair. This is not a Hamill you yeah. want to fuck with, all right? Indeed. So uh, that's all happening while our uh, Bill Paxton and and Byron are are getting fucked over by the fucking wind cult. And, uh, you know, so uh, Byron's up in the kite. Bill Paxton's fucked up on the ground, tied up. And Mark Hamill and his, and his girl catch up with them. And they devise a plan. They were like, all right. 
So we, we need to get <laughs> him out of the fucking sky. And Mark Hamill's like, I'm not doing it. <laughs> hey, partner, you do it. <laughs> so he's like, all right. So Bill Paxton, you know, you can be useful right now. And you go the fuck up there and get him down or whatever. And then, then I'll give you the antidote. And I'll give you the antidote. And then I'll kill you. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. And then I'll shoot. And, uh, you know, the girl ends up going up after because it's been too long. And then they cut the... T- it's a very dark I was, scene. I was about to say, yeah, I missed probably half of this intense action rescue scene. Because it's all at night. And kind of like... Uh, no lighting whatsoever. Yeah, there's... It reminded me of um, the Ang Lee Hulk movie where the final big battle scene was at night and you can't tell what the fuck is going on. <laughs> this is kind of the same deal where you hear a lot of people going, oh, crap, oh, shit, this is happening. But I couldn't tell besides the sound of parachutes and people struggling what yeah. the fuck was going on. I kind of a maybe wanted to film this during the day. Cause... It, was, it was darker than David Fincher's Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like... <laughs> completely shit yeah you couldn't see anything in that movie but yeah this was actually darker than that um but at some point they uh they cut the cord and they're blown into the slipstream and they crash and apparently no broken bones yeah yeah no they're good they're good Slipstream, it's intense and then not so yeah. intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still, you but know. But then, you know, Tasker is apparently killed because they can't find him, disappeared. So then it's just the three of them mm-hmm. the Lady Bounty Hunter, and then uh, Paxton and Byron, and they go off on their little adventure. And then they, the hell when do they run into the chick that was part of the wind cult that's not. Yeah, like, happened. where did she come from all of a sudden? Yeah, she kind of materializes. You know, and, like, helps them from the crazy windswept area ah. that they landed in. Which, she said something that a lot of the characters say throughout this, which is, I guess they asked where she's from. She said, downstream. Yeah. yeah. And that's the everything response to everything. Yeah. yeah. Where, where are you going? Downstream. Where are you from? Downstream. Like, uh, where, where do we get paid? Uh, downstream. Everything is fucking downstream. No actual location, just... <laughs> we gotta head downstream. That's it. I guess the like, reinforce this slipstream. That's the only direction. We the don't goal give, we is, don't have anything else besides downstream. The goal is to get to Antarctica. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> that's the only reference to anything besides downstream. Like yeah. And as an aside, completely not related to what we're talking about. But um I uh, we are recording today at uh, my house at the Groot's house, and uh, I do have some asshole dogs. So if you hear some barking in the background, Jackie, shut the fuck up. Exactly. <laughs> so, so anyway, the three of them end up rolling into, or no, the four of them end up rolling into this weird cave society. Oh man, hold on. Can we preface this that with the laser disc? It, I think this is right when you had to change, it flipped over. When the sides change. And I feel like this was intentional because that's also when the tone of this movie starts to take a drastic yes. change. Yes. Like the later just change, part of the scene. and when they get to this part of the movie, the tone goes 
off the fucking rails. It it does become a different movie. It really does. It, and specifically, like, when they make it to this last location, I don't know what the fuck happened. It gets really Terry Gilliam, and you were right about saying that earlier. Yeah. <clears throat> and I have to apologize. While we were watching this night, I think I, at certain times I started losing my shit because I couldn't understand why they were doing the stuff. They were direct, <laughs> like, the director made decisions that made no fucking sense. And I'm sorry, we'll continue with it. It just... And this movie was so schizophrenic. Um, it had no fucking idea what it wanted to be. I think so. it was a patchwork of different post-apoc ideas, and I do believe that this portion of the movie was trying to harken back to uh, Harlan Nelson's Boy and His Dog. I mentioned that yeah. um, while we were watching it. And it was very reminiscent of that, and of course not nearly as cool or brutal or really anything at all. It just reminded me of, like, a 80s sitcom director taking over the movie and saying, you know, there's not a lot of fun fun in this right now. Let's make this second part of the movie a little zanier. Yeah. yeah it's like, this is a this is kind of a bleak film. Let's add some yeah. Ewoks. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So they, so they go into this, like, vaulted society underground where everyone's wearing, like, bow ties and suits it's a, and it's a very very high affair like it's, people it, yeah. it's definitely it's like these are like sparkling like, glasses these are the upper crust society that have survived somehow they saved all the books and all the statues like artifacts yeah, yeah it's a, yeah it's definitely like a museum and uh you know this is where byron who has been outed Dun, dun, dun. As an android. What? <laughs> he starts to, like, show his colors. and Because well, he, he was looking at the book and started going over stuff like that. And it was yeah. talking about his master. And kind of that's where we go, oh, shit, this dude's a fucking robot. On a side note to that scene, mm-hmm. even though he talked about it before, and we're going to emphasize this again, Bill Paxton finds a book in this library. First book he grabs. What's in it? Fucking balloons. Again, we have to stress this. He looks at the turns first the page. One first one, it's hot air balloons. He's like, this is my book. Walks off. He's like, in case you <laughs> forgot earlier in the movie about how he talks about it, back to it. In the library, he finds his book firsthand, walks away. There you go. He fucking loves balloons. He man. loves the fucking balloons. <laughs> That's, it's great. I want to make a slight correction. Backpelling a bit. We found out he was an android while oh. he was tied up on the on the kite. That's right. Because that's right. Tasker was the one who, who outed him. It's when right. we start to find out about his master when they're in the library. That's right. 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 That he was an android. He was designed. And that he had killed two people, I think is what they said earlier. But there was something said about, you know. Well, he killed his master. We his, know that for certain. Yeah, he killed his master, but his master wanted to die. Well, and, he kind of, it's, it's ambiguous because he was like, he was talking about how I was designed to take care of this guy, uh, but I was basically just a slave. Mm-hmm. Um, and the dude, uh, Bill Paxton, was like, well, it sounded like he was asking for it. Well, he was. Well, how did you mean that? Do you mean he was asking for it because he was a you know, slave owner, or was he literally asking for it because he wanted to die? You never find out. And it's no. Like a, it's like a footnote. Uh, on a side note, he said that he helped him with every one of his needs. And yeah. I started to get a little... <laughs> worried exactly what we're gonna get delve into because he said that he was very lonely and I took care of all of his needs. I was like, are we gonna get into some fucking robot porn here in a second? Well, we I do guess. find out that he's fully functional later. Fully functional, <laughs> yeah. So we so, don't know exactly what they did together, but 
<laughs> I thought we were going to start seeing a robot start crying, start breaking down. Master but, wanted me to do things. I'm not clean. <laughs> I'm not clean. In the bushes. <laughs> but, yeah, the girl from the cult that brought them to this society, he begins to, like, have an infatuation with her, or she does with him. This emotion chip starts turning on. Exactly. And a couple things, too. we have to discuss the Fred Astaire oh, dance God. sequence. Yeah. God damn it. And this, this, this is where I could not hold it in and yelled out, what the fuck is going on? Because yeah. they start dancing, and then, you know, uh, fucking robot gets kind of fancier, yeah. and then brags about how his master was a big fan of Fred Astaire, and then it's there's like, where do you learn to dance like that? Zany fucking dance off, and then he yeah. jumps on top of, of this counter and is doing. I, I don't like know. A cane my top my head on. hurts yeah. even trying to repeat what the <laughs> fuck was going on here. But Bill Pax is like, "That's my man. That's my man." You look at that, and now they are fucking buddies. They are tight. He oh, should yeah. have had a Fred Astaire dance. Now <laughs> it's it's all good. It's all fucking good. And that Holy night, fuck. And that night is magical. Oh, my God. <laughs> because is... there's a 10-minute sequence where he's talking to the woman he's sleeping with about nothing that matters in the movie right. at all. Bill Paxton is talking some bullshit, and they're talking about nothing, and he's hooking up with some girl from the society, and Byron is hooking up with the ex-like wind cult chick that brought him there. Which he was from the society, and I guess yeah. he was just visiting. Oh, I guess. Cult, yeah, yeah. And he knows what he's there's doing no that. cohesive kind of <laughs> plot. It's just and uh, apparently Byron's morning ritual is to uh, <laughs> go downstairs to the to the belly of the freaking like society and start fixing their AC. <laughs> hold on, hold on, <laughs> because I had another moment during this movie where I only counted one Academy Award winner. <laughs> And I was like, is that it? Is that all we get with this fucking movie? Oh, right, right. And then <laughs> I got so fucking lucky because we had a second one. And motherfucking Amadeus. Uh, F. Murray Abraham. Fucking shows up in this movie. And I'm just like, really? What the fuck is going on? <laughs> just because you, you got a Ben Kingsley cameo, you might as well throw in another, another dude. Yeah. And yeah. Ben Kingsley was the leader of the cult. And then. F. Murray was the leader of this, you know, I degenerate just, society. Again, I know we talked about it, but the, how did they get these fucking people in this movie? <laughs> I have no what idea. What the fuck? It's such a weird, like, disjointed film. But, uh, so, let's see. Let, let's try to get to the end of this uh, brilliant storyline. So, Tasker, Mark Hamill's character, reappears, enters the society, and is like, yo, this shit is fucked up. I'm gonna fucking take my guy back. My fucking bounty. Right? Right. And But at this point, Mr. Roboto has fallen in love. Fallen in love. Because yeah. that chick, he actually slept. Yeah, he, sl- he slept. Bill Paxman had a dream. very important question about that. Oh, shit. Where was that at? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. So he said, I slept. And he was like, how? Counting electric sheep? Androids don't sh- don't sleep? Uh, and I was like, what 
the fuck with the, with the just in case somebody needed a Philip K. Dick like reference. Yes. Like here you go, right in your face. Yeah, that shit was amazing. Yeah, it and, was almost like this movie was supposed to be a love letter to like dystopian uh, post-apocalypse fiction. And fiction it just was just a hate letter of like yeah yeah, but it's like a love letter <laughs> written by like a five-year-old with crowns that keep breaking. <laughs> And because I don't know who would take this and go, thank you for making this movie. I no, you know what? It's more like a really overzealous, like ostentatious, like freshman in college that really wants to make a good paper <laughs> that just takes all the references they can and just makes a bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I like it's definitely film school quality. The, I have to say, this is our eighth one, and this movie broke me more than all the <laughs> other ones did. I, when it got to the dancing, when it got to just the last part of this movie, I just it, oh, it broke God. me, man. I, if that's, I know we have our torture movies, but this second half of this movie was as close as I've come. Oh yeah, definitely. Fuck. Yeah. So Tasker um, confronts. Uh, Cornelius F. Murray Abraham's character, who is the leader of this uh, society, knocks him the fuck out, he man. Pistol whips the fuck yeah. out of him. <laughs> it's like bam, <laughs> and uh, he's like, "I'm getting my man." And there is a big old scuffle and a shootout, and the android's love interest is killed. Take right in the chest. Is and- killed. But, uh, oh, as a, as a small aside, Bill Paxton's dude meets up with, you know, Tasker's second, who they've kind of been flirting partner, with yeah. for a minute. Female partner. Crime. And she shoots him with another poison dart, but it's the antidote. Aha. Aha. His response is awesome. She shoots him, and immediately he looks her down, sees a dart, and then punches her the fuck out. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Not just, like, what is this, or what are you doing? Just And then handcuffs her to a bed. Yep. Correct, and she's which like, we that. got a little worried about because he's <laughs> yeah. already apologizing as he's putting her handcuff. I was like, "What is about to happen in this scene?" Yes. Luckily, he was just apologizing for handcuffing her to the bed and nothing else because it looked like for a minute he was starting to undress her. I was like, "I don't, I can't have Bill Paxton do this in this movie, please, no, no." Yeah, no. She, uh, she even admitted that it was the antidote, and he was like, "Oh, all right, oh, you're cool then, sweet." <laughs> So yeah, you know, and then we get a, we get to the main foyer of this uh, society where this uh, shootouts happens, and you know everybody shoots everybody at everybody, and uh, the love interest for the android dies. Bill Paxton, I think, gets shot. He gets his gun. I think shrapnel from the gun. Yeah, gets yeah, him. So. He, 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 he shot his It's the flesh. He shot his gun. The gun exploded. Yeah. And Tasker gets freaked out. And he runs off. Yeah, he's like, fuck this noise. He's I'm like, getting out of here. Shit. This, like, it's just crazy. Because I think he, he realized he killed the chick. And he's like, uh, this isn't going to look good. I'm just getting the fuck yeah, out of here. Yeah, I mean, I guess he is still a lawman. Yeah, when you murder an innocent person, they get yeah. upset about it. So yeah. it's like, let me just hit my glider. And get oh, no, no, no. Here. He challenged him to a, to a duel. That's what was happening. He was like, meet me outside. And he, he, he what he said was, he was like, oh, I knew it was going to end like this meeting. I have to kill my quarry rather than bring it back alive. I think that's what he meant. Man. Yeah. And this movie just angers me so much. Yeah. I, <laughs> I can't miss that part, too, because it just looked like Mark Hamill ran off like a little bitch. He got his, uh, <laughs> no, because he, he, he went out to get his big-ass gun. And that's right. 
Apparently, androids don't have any moving parts that are important because he got shot a bunch of times. Because he got shot, actually, by Bill Paxton. First, you know, by a shotgun. Yeah. And then he got right up. And so outside, Tasker's by his glider, his pimp-ass glider. His, his, the that gun. was the fanciest one of the That was the nicest one. And uh, he grabbed this big old, like, like, sort of like assault rifle sniper thing, and he's like, takes a shot. Boom! You know, not even Mr. Roboto Roboto is not having Byron that. just fuck gets that. right the fuck back up. He's like, fuck that shit. And he keeps walking like the Terminator. <laughs> we love British Terminator, you know. And then, uh, like, no, sir, I did not appreciate that. I'm <laughs> going to make sure you are punished for this. Tally ho. Yeah. Tally ho. <laughs> oh, we're going to have some words, good sir. <laughs> so Tasker gets in his fucking glider and starts, like, just charging down the fucking runway. Yeah, he's just gonna run him over. He's with gonna the run him over. Forty pound glider. <laughs> yeah, and the motherfucker jumps into like into the intake and starts cr- just like tearing shit apart, tearing shit which, up, crawling his way through the inside of the glider. This while is where it's I flying. feel like the budget they didn't couldn't really get too fancy. So it looks literally like light bright ends <laughs> because he's pulling wires. And I, I meant to point this out to you, but it literally looks like they just took a couple of light brights and it's like, here, put your hands near it so it looks like a lot of different colored wiring. But again, <laughs> I think their budget was just like, that, that'll that work, right? I mean, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> the future has light brights, right? I mean, so he, he eventually like burrows his way through the glider and then punch, like punches through and tries to strangle dude it's pretty intense in there in the car yeah, yeah oh yeah it's it's definitely yeah, i don't know what you call the pilot area of a glider i, I was just saying and you know there's thing. no autopilot so i don't know how the glider is not just like tanking and well it, it was heading down i mean well, he tore out a lot of life right like flying all over <laughs> he's swerving and shit and then byron breaks in all the way through and then at some point like they're out of control and he <laughs> And he, like, he, because he broke the whole fucking, like, cockpit. You can't see shit. Everything's broken. So he starts grabbing wires, well, right? Well, yeah, they, well, no, no, they no, stop fighting. It, it, they stop fighting because Mark Hamill's, uh, it, Tasker says some, some quote from either a novel or the Bible or something like I that. I think it was a Bible saying God. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then, that, for some reason, that I think that's maybe one, changed his mind. I'm not really Mark sure. Mark Hamill just realized, oh, shit, this is, we're going to crash, and... Stops fighting and lets uh, <laughs> let's do try to save him. Yeah, which right. I, I don't know how gliders work, but apparently if you find the right wires and just they weren't even hydraulic, hydraulic yeah, wires. Yeah, he just they were just like up wires. and down wires. And Mark <laughs> Hamill's like, yeah, you got this shit. You got this, you got shit. this shit right into a fucking side of a mountain, and then boom. And we don't know if he did it on purpose or if he just. Like, oh, I just... Well, or the it. fact that Mark Hamill didn't react till it was too... Like, he didn't react. He's just like, yeah, he's, like, cheering him on, and then they just hit the mound. Like, it's like, yeah, you got this! <laughs> did he think, like, somehow they were going to avoid the giant mound that they were heading straight <laughs> towards? Like, he's cheering him on, like, you got this! No. And then... Maybe there was a second later, it's explosion. Dead, dead Mark Hamill. Explosion. <laughs> and then we have... <laughs> the android walking... Like, all smoldery and shit. Hair's perfect, by the way. Just his outfit's yeah. a little crisp. His skin's burned off in places. A little bit, but little overall, bit. he's he's fine. His, yeah. His outfit's a little crisp. Straight up. So. Yep. Meets up with uh, Bill Paxel's character, and it's like, hey. Again, kind of like the, like, 
buddy cop, lethal weapon thing. Paxton's all fucked up the shrapnel. Mr. Roboto's all fucking charred up. And they're just like, man, today, yeah, I'm too old for this. Today was a fucking bitch. Like, they're both <laughs> just, like, just burnt out. But you know what? They're best friends. They and, made it out together. And they're parting ways. God damn it. That's it. They immediately oh, transition to World Cup now, <coughs> and he's climbing. Oh, he's climbing up. out. Because we yeah. forgot to mention, there's a place where all the androids, it's like the <laughs> yeah. android land is near a waterfall that they're all, they like, they, when their masters let them go or wherever <laughs> yeah. the fuck happens. But it's too high for humans. They just them. all hang up there. Yeah, it's too high. And he's like, yeah, you know, that's where I'd like to go so I can hang out with my other, like, Mr. Roboto buddies. So that'd be really fucking cool if I ever got to go there. So what happens? Bill Paxton? <clears throat> that's right. It, you know, it was like, why is he leaving? Why is he leaving his best friend and all that stuff? Because he was like, in the end, Tasker thought I could save him. I'm too dangerous to be a human. That's right. Like, okay. And as he walks away, <laughs> the... Goddamn dumbest fucking line. It's a fucking five-year-old with this shit. There goes my best friend. <laughs> yes. Two, by the way, just the girl that he's now going to be starting his balloon business with. Didn't She's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. Like, she showed no interest. He's just like, there goes my best friend. It wasn't like she covered him and was like, that's right. She's just like, all right. Let's go start your just, balloon yeah. farm. Yeah, let's go, let's go make a balloon. I guess I'm with you now. Yeah. <laughs> wah, 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 wah. I'm not a cop anymore. I guess, yeah, yeah when you're the head detective or who are your partner. Was she even ever a cop? Gets like, burnt no, to he, shit. You just, you just, <laughs> hey, do you want me to report back to where we, no. Start your balloon business. That's no, all we're talking about. No, because early in the movie, she was like, nobody cares about those reports. Yeah. And he was all like, yes, they do. <sighs> there was one little, like, very brief shot where she was flying the fucking uh, glider and oh, Mark, that's a Mark, really bad Mark, Mark, scene. Mark Hamill's character is just like asleep on her shoulder. And it's like <laughs> the fuck. Yeah, she's totally an amateur. I feel movie. like that was a scene where something else was supposed to happen, but they didn't want to make wake up the star of the movie, so they said. <laughs> Just put some blue screen. Let him sleep. He's had a rough day. Keep having to bleach his hair every fucking two days. <laughs> so just let him sleep, and we'll just add this shit in. Because, like, yeah. I don't think that was planned. Like, you that. don't really want to make your aggressive, like, hitman hunter guy, like, a scene where he's just fucking napping. Like, because he's right. tired, you know? Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> like the Rutger Hauer of this movie. And, <laughs> and, you know, it's... Anyway, and the movie... That's it. That's the movie. I mean, yeah, yeah. Now a couple kind of, of a mess. Side, couple of side notes. Um, I remember the first scene of the movie. The score popped up, and I was like, oh, yeah. "This score sounds really, really like the score from Ghostbusters." And you it, looked it up, and it does. Yeah, it, it was Elmer Bernstein, and I truly think <laughs> that. He probably just phoned this in and took all the... Just changed a few notes. And just took all the cut little segments of all his different scores, including all the things he didn't use for Ghostbusters, in this movie. Because uh. you have, like, you have all those weird, like, you know, like, sort of like Ghostbuster sounds in there. And then there's, like, adventure music. And it's like, what Yeah, the yeah they fuck? had adventure. Like, there's supposed to be scenes that are kind of supposed to be suspenseful. And it's, yeah. like, silly adventure zany music going on. Yeah. 
and you're like, this doesn't match the tone of what we're being shown at all. And they're like, not a bit. Um, so what do we have left? I right, just patch that into that scene. That that works. Well, they're no, like they're about to crash. <laughs> yeah, but that seems kind of like a silly crash. Just fucking make it silly. <laughs> right? silly yeah, I think it was uh, because they, you know, the the entire movie was nothing but drab desert. Mm-hmm. So you know, somebody made the decision that we need to uplift the movie a little bit and keep the uh, viewer interested. So soundtrack was the way to go, I guess. I guess. And, you know, the, the, the couple 80s, like, new wave songs. It wasn't even new wave. Yeah, it was straight synthesizer. Up copper, yeah, it was, straight up copper. Yeah, it was like shitty guitar. It was like the Richard Marks type, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. It, it was like low rent. That was, that was Bill Paxton's yeah. uh, jams. Was he's, yeah. he, had a, he had a few CDs, and every one of them was shitty 80s cock rock. Like, he actually took out a CD and like looked at himself like it was a mirror. Yeah. Did he? <laughs> so mirror yeah, slash. he's looking at his tongue because he thinks he's poisoned, and we never really know if he's poisoned because <laughs> he never really gets sick. I think. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that's Slipstream. That oh, man. The movie that broke me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that was that was a that was a rough one. Yeah, I mean, and again, we have such fond memories. The of sad thing up. about this is, is I am huge. My favorite movie of all time is Aliens. I love fucking Bill Paxton. He's in Aliens. He's in all this shit. Ah, and this is uh, it was depressing knowing that this is his most screen time on a shit movie like this. It's such a weird, weird movie. I would love to actually find all the original prints of this movie and actually find someone to edit this into <laughs> something that is coherent. Like a I, Phantom Menace edit where they just take out as much as they can to try to make it a cohesive movie. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think it could be done. Like, it's it's probably out all there. All the pieces but, are there. But this movie, like, you know, so if, if, you, if you look into it, like, it really struggled a lot with the production, the writing, and, like, afterwards the licensing and all this stuff so yeah it's a it's a it's a weird little gem (laughs) that exists so Uh, you bought it yeah collection forever that is my laser disc gem (laughs) (laughs) but uh okay anyway uh we're gonna try to wrap this up here pretty soon i gotta give a little bit of shit to uh, Hunter, God damn it, for not actually watching the Schlock Abuse movie. This was a last minute add-on that we planned, so yeah. I thought I had a few more days. God damn it! Ah, uh, it's been uh, a couple weeks. You can find an hour and a half for a <laughs> shitty movie. Yeah, yeah, or at least He's... half of it. Yeah, that, exactly. That doesn't mean I have to watch the whole fucking thing. Well, and by the way, I, I I will still watch it, but the movie we watched tonight is. Pretty close to as torturous as it can get <laughs> with all the stuff I, I said earlier. So, I mean, I, I watched my actual torture movie, but uh, yeah, this this one came pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it was it was an experience. Yeah. But um, Anthony and I didn't even stay awake the last time we watched it. No, no, it was late at night and we put it on and I was out. A little toasty and then it was just it was cold. It's cold out. So it was. <laughs> But um, all right. Anyway, uh, let's wrap this uh, this one up. Um, uh, Beautiful disasters. You can find us on Facebook, Beautiful Disasters Podcast. Check us out on guipodcast.com, which is our you know parent network. 
we have m more screenings coming up. Hopefully, I was say, we should have one coming up. Uh, yeah, we've we've shortly. got more 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 screenings in the Richmond, Virginia area coming up here soon. What was the one we did last? The uh, last one was the Chuck uh, Norris. Classic. We did uh, Invasion USA. Yeah. The day after Independence Day. That was pretty. Amazing. That was a perfect fucking <laughs> movie. But uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun with our screenings uh, at some of the different uh, locations around town. And subscribe to the podcast. It's available wherever. Give us input. You know, if you have suggestions, let's hear it out. What do you think of what we've done so far? And, you know, anything that you think would be a great beautiful disaster movie to, to you know, have on the podcast. So. I'd like to thank uh, Jesse for being on this episode. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm the group. Long time come. Fuck you, Hunter. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. GUIPodcast.com <laughs> Happy Halloween, boils and ghouls. Tis the best time of the year, Halloween season, October, and there is plenty of geeks under the influence to go around. Not only do we have an episode coming out every week in the month of October for your spectacular enjoyment, but we also have another beautiful disastrous B-movie night at Strange Ways Brewing Company on Dabney Road in Richmond, Virginia. For the month of October, our theme is Trip to the Brain. This freakish delight surprise movie has the schlockometer checklist, including brain food, a charming alien, juice, toilet murder, and a deadly custody battle. This event is again on October 17th from 6.30 to 9 p.m., 21 and up, and it's free. The doors open at 6.30. The movie will start around 7. So definitely come out and enjoy what has become a fantastic monthly event at Strange Ways Brewing Company in Richmond, Virginia. Find more information by going to GUIPodcast.com. Tell your friends, bring your friends, and enjoy a spectacular October with Geeks Under the Influence and Beautiful Disasters. Hey, geeks, I know you love your cats and your dogs and your pets. Well, there is one way to support... All the cute little puppies and kitties that were unfortunate enough to get cancer. Geeks Under the Influence is helping raise funds for the Fetch a Cure Pet Cancer Awareness Walk, the Mutt Strut, that takes place October 21st, 2018. Tickets are available in a link on the notes for this episode. You have the choice of joining in on a walk to raise awareness, and there's also ways to just donate if you want to put your money where your mouth is. Don't you love the kitties? Don't you love the puppies? Then donate and sign up to join Fetch a Cure's Pet Cancer Awareness Walk, The Mutt Strut. Sign-ups are available until October 10th. The event takes place October 21st. Find more information through the links on the homepage at gypodcast.com and in the notes for this episode.